Our reading this evening is Daniel chapter 5. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote, Then the king's color changed, and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way, and his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple, and have a chain of gold around his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in. But they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed, and his color changed, and his lords were perplexed. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banqueting hall, and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers, because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, You are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king, my father, brought from Judah. I have heard of you, that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed. And whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up. And whom he would, he humbled. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven from among the children of mankind, and his mind was made like that of a beast, and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. 
He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. And you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this, but you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven. And the vessels of his house have been brought in before you, and you and your lords, your wives, and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know. But the God in whose hand is your breath, and whose are all your ways, you have not honored. Then from his presence the hand, went, the hand was sent, and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed, Mene, Mene, Tekel, and Parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Mene, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command and Daniel was clothed with purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck. And a proclamation was made about him, that he should be third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar the Chaldean king was killed. And Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. C.S. Lewis said... No generation can bequeath to the next generation what it has not got. He was talking about handing on the Christian faith. And he said, of course, in a generation where no one knows God's word, where no one knows the Lord, no surprise, the next generation will also not know the Lord. And that's how it is in the Bible so often. A generation hands off to their children idolatry and doing whatever it is that follows their the desires of their own hearts. No doubt about it. No generation can bequeath to the next generation what it has not got. But what about a generation that has got it? And then it doesn't seem to get passed on, like Belshazzar. His father, Nebuchadnezzar, was king of Babylon and had undergone all kinds of trials and had been taught this lesson several ways. So maybe you remember from Daniel chapter 1, Uh, The young men came to Babylon from Judah, and they ate this special diet that kept them from eating the king's food and drinking the king's wine. And in spite of that, they were wiser than everyone else and stronger than everyone else. And then Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream about the tall statue of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound and tossed into the fiery furnace, and they survived. And then in chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar was reduced to eating grass like the oxen, so that at long last he rises up and he says, okay, I get it, and gives glory to God, the Lord who made the heavens and the earth, the God of Daniel, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He is Lord. Nebuchadnezzar confesses, and in fact, in Daniel chapter 4, he writes a letter to the whole nation. He says, this is the true God. He's the creator almighty. So what has happened to Belshazzar? How come Nebuchadnezzar's son here finds himself doing such awful things? Maybe all of that happened too late in his life. Maybe he didn't get to witness it when his father was reduced to eating grass like the oxen. Or maybe he wrote it all off as crazy. Maybe he said, my dad, he's just off his rocker. He doesn't know what's going on. He's 
selling, selling out to these Judean imports, worshiping their God, our gods are better. Maybe he thought all of that. Or maybe, maybe the message just didn't stick. Maybe Nebuchadnezzar was so enthralled with his own experience that he didn't take the time to tell Belshazzar what had happened to him, to explain it carefully. Maybe any number of those things, but it's startling, isn't it? That Nebuchadnezzar could have such glorious experiences of God's mercy, having been brought low and raised up again, and now Belshazzar takes all of the gold and silver and bronze and iron from the temple that had been stolen from the temple in Jerusalem. And when he's throwing this vain, glorious party, a thousand of the best people in all of Babylon, he's got this party going, and what is he doing? He's drinking wine in front of all of them, and then he has this bright idea, bring those vessels from the temple, the sacred, holy vessels from the temple, the things that were dedicated to the service of God and his people. Bring those things to my party. And they ate and they drank out of them. And then they worshipped the gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. What went wrong? How could Belshazzar be so upside down? It's often a mystery, and yet here it is. Belshazzar didn't get it. He didn't get it, and now he has formed in his palace kind of a perverse, upside-down temple using those vessels from the temple in Jerusalem, using them for the exact opposite, which is the way it always goes in the world, isn't it? The good gifts of God, used for the contrary purpose, used against their purpose, used for sin, that's how it goes in this world. And it also goes in this world exactly as it goes for Belshazzar. Here's how it's put in Psalm 135. The idols of the nation are silver and gold, the work of human hands, They have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. An honest appraisal of gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. They might be shaped to have human features, but they can't use their eyes or their ears or their mouths. And then the psalmist says, those who make them become like them. And so do all who trust in them. That's what happened to Belshazzar, worshiping gods of gold and silver, and so on, he became like them, deaf and blind and mute. Deaf to God's word, blind to the reality that is right in front of him, and mute, unable to say any true things, much less give glory to God. The thing is, however, that the truth, the truth is not inscrutable. It's not, it's not as though the truth of the situation for Belshazzar is that complicated, It's really not sophisticated. It's not like it's some mystery that you need to have some special knowledge to uncover. It's not like he needs to solve a riddle or something like that. Although there's this cryptic handwriting on the wall, a child of seven years old who worships the Lord, who knows Jesus, could stand there in the court of Belshazzar and see all of those fools worshiping gold and silver and stone and tell them, you've got judgment coming against you. A child of seven years old knows the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. It wasn't like Belshazzar had some mystery that needed to be solved. It wasn't like he had something that an enchanter or a sorcerer or a wise man from Babylon could help him with. It was simple. And all the more tragic because it was so simple. How blind Belshazzar was. How blind to the truth that is right in front of him. It's like in the emperor's new clothes. When it's the young lad 
contrary to what everyone else says they see, calls out that the emperor is not in fact wearing beautiful garments, but in fact is buck naked. That's what Belshazzar needs. Someone just simply to say it out loud. (laughs) What everyone should know is true. These gods, these idols, they're worthless. These actions, taking these treasures from Jerusalem and treating them with such disregard, it's awful, abominable. Belshazzar, you have another thing coming. In fact, that's what Daniel does. Although Daniel interprets those words that are inscribed on the wall with that appearance of a human hand, although Daniel interprets those words, before he does that, he already gives the judgment, a judgment that actually has nothing to do with those words. That's just the details. The judgment is there. He says, Belshazzar... Your dad went through all of this already. You knew it. You knew that you should give glory to God. You should not give glory to things made with human hands. And yet, you did not. You didn't do it. It didn't have to be a wise man or an enchanter or a miracle worker. Daniel really didn't have to have any special revelation from God in order to figure this out. He just had to open his eyes. That's the gift of the Spirit of God. Open eyes. Jesus talks about how precious that gift is. He rebukes the Pharisees and the the religious people of the day while he's going around and preaching. He rebukes them because he says, look, you can can look at the sky in the morning or the evening and you can tell us what the weather's going to be like. You can say, if it's, what is it? If it's red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. Red sky at night, sailors delight. You can tell us what's going to happen. When the leaves start falling from the trees, you know that fall is coming. When the buds start coming out, you know it's time to plant. You can read the signs of the times and look, the signs of the kingdom of God are no more complicated than that. Unrighteousness will be punished. Wickedness is abhorrent. Repent and believe. Those are the signs of God's kingdom. Jesus says, this age, this generation, they're blind. It's a blindness that they can't recover from on their own. In fact, it's a blindness that becomes even worse when God's word is preached. Jesus tells parables which aren't really that complicated, but if you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, if you chafe against the fact that he's speaking them about you, as the Pharisees always did, we know that he's talking about us, we can't stand what he's saying, then you will not listen and you will not believe. And that blindness, that blindness, as in the case of Belshazzar, as in the case of this whole world, that blindness gives way to fear and death. You heard it. Belshazzar's strength left him and his knees knocked together. He knew it, but he just couldn't see it. And when Daniel spoke it, he still didn't believe it. He clothed Daniel in purple and did everything he promised for him, third in command in the kingdom, and yet, did Belshazzar repent? No. In fact, that night he died, and the kingdom was given to Darius the Mede. It's a cautionary tale at the very least, but it is also something for us to pay attention to Because we have been given a gift. We are not blind like Belshazzar. Your eyes have been opened. You've been given to see the mysteries of the kingdom of God, mysteries that were hidden for ages from the blindness of this world. You've been given to see that Christ is here. Your redemption is at hand. Forgiveness of sins and eternal life are yours. And so repent and believe. Set aside your sin Set aside all of the weaknesses and sorrow and grief. Set aside the death that clings to your flesh. Set it all aside. Set aside your fear because you have seen Christ. 
You've seen Christ, the righteousness of God, given to you to forgive all of your sins and give you eternal life. Jesus came and he preached and he healed the sick and giving sight to the blind was one of his most marvelous miracles. It was one that was foretold by the prophet in Isaiah. We hear that this is exactly what the Messiah is going to do. That's one thing to give physical sight to somebody who has not seen. They don't really need it. They're better off with their sight, but they don't really need it. We need spiritual sight. We need our spiritual blindness to be taken away. We need our eyes opened. We need to see what is so plain and what is so good. We need to attend to God's word. We need to set our hearts on godly things. We need to make sure that we hand off what has been given to us. We need to make sure that we receive from God every good thing. We do not stand aloof from any of his blessings, that we don't reject any of his words, that we don't, like Nebuchadnezzar, puff ourselves up in pride, thinking that we're in the place of God, but instead we let God humble us and lay us low so that he can raise us up. Daniel's probably an old man by the time he was here speaking to Belshazzar. He'd been in the court with Nebuchadnezzar. He's probably an old man, and you can, you can kind of hear some tiredness, some fatigue in his speech to Belshazzar. He said, you should have known better. <laughs> you should have known better. That's kind of the story of Daniel. You should have known better. Praise be to God that he has given us what we need so that we can know better, so that we can repent and believe, so we can trust in God's promises, so that we don't become like mute and deaf and blind idols, but instead we can live as God has made us, as the children of God. To him alone be all glory now and forever. Amen.